Ladies and gentlemen, we're shoveling. This is the growing season brought to you by News Talk Saga 960 AM. I'm Matt McFarlane, a.k.a. Matt, the producer. Pleased to be joined by mom and dad, Jack and Lynn. Guys, how are you? Matthew, really well. Doing really well. This is the last show of 2020. Let's turn the page on this year, yes. shall we? Bye-bye, 2020. Piece oh, of rat turd. Yeah, well, there was a lot of great stuff, but uh, there was just, yeah. A lot of stuff, other things lot, mixed in around. Yeah. This is a fantastic one. We are going to be chatting about the Christmas presents that you got that are of a horticultural bent. And now that you've got them, now what? Okay, whether it be snake plant, whether it be... Uh, we chat about Falcos, which are horticultural secateurs. Christmas and, stockings clippers, and so Christmas forth. Stockings, all those things that you got that are of a horticultural bent. Now what do you do with them, right? Sure, Matt. It's not, we're not talking about the euphorbia pulcherimas. Yes, the, the, poinsettia. the, the poinsettias. No, we're talking about anything to do with that you would have gotten for Christmas. How do you care for it? Whether it's a plant, whether it's a pair of everything. Yes. Yeah, everything. We didn't get to a lot of it because it's, again, not enough time. Not enough time. But... On the other side of the show, with it being New Year's coming up, this is our New Year's show. We thought, who better to chat with than a person that owns a winery? And I happen to have in my back pocket, uh, as a friend, the owner and operator of the greatest Canadian winery out there. His name is Chris Culinary. He and his family own Culinary Estate Wines. This is the best wine I've ever tasted, and I have have a little bit of of a wine education if you've never been to Culinary Wines, visit culinarywines.com. Chris joins us to, to chat about 2020, the season that was, how it affected the winery, obviously with the whole COVID thing, as well as we get into the horticultural end of how they make wine. She's Lynn, he's Jack, I'm Matt, and we're pleased to be joined by Mr. Chris Culinary on the other side of this, or in segment number two. This is the New Year's show. Happy New Year's to everybody from the growing season. Stay with us. We're back. This is the growing season. News talk. It's like a 960 AM. Last show of the year 2020. And let me tell you, I cannot wait to turn the freaking book on this year. Not that it was a bad year as far as business and such. And the growing season became a fixture in the in the greater Toronto area. But the big capital C word put a real monkey wrench into everything. Right, guys? Sure, Matt. Matt, if you could change one thing in 2020 and it wasn't COVID, what would it be? Wow, there's something that we hadn't planned on talking about. If I could change one thing in 20, you know what? I would want my kids to be able to go to school safely. How about you, mom? Um, Jack, I've stole your answer too, because I would like to see my daughter and her family more. Yeah. Dad? Nothing against seeing you a lot and the kids and Kelly a Matt, lot. Matt, I think I, I miss actually going out and working on the job sites with you. I would like to do that a little bit more in the future. I miss that. What? Ooh. I mean it. I don't say I want to be there whoa, every whoa, day. Whoa, whoa, hold on a second. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, my God. This is like a complete revelation. Okay. So, because there was times on the job site this year where you were like, oh, I'm hurting. I can't do this. Blah, 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 blah. I get it. I get it. But I don't want to be necessarily doing the bull work. But I wouldn't mind being down there when you're doing the creative stuff. Okay. GrowingSeasonCanada.com. Click on Contact or TGS Tiny Gardens. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, you hear me bang this drum. And in fact, I am a drummer. And in a former life, I was a professional musician. If you have my father and I on site, uh, it is 70 plus years of horticultural experience walking your site. So my dad loves it when he comes down, <laughs> when he comes down on the site and all the freaking disgusting, awful oh, bulwark has been done. Digging it out and putting the dirt and, in. And, and he gets to go there and he gets to just, okay, so here we go. Here's the design. And we're going to place this here, and Mother Nature would like to place that there. And it's three just, inches this way, or <laughs> three, three inches, inches that way. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He likes to yeah. do the fine. He does. He stuff. does. Yeah, he likes to come in and sort of wave his hand around, make plants levitate, and then leave. <laughs> 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 Which is awesome. So, but yeah, no, that's fantastic. Good. I will definitely keep you busy. Many thanks to Jody Burke, who's who's listening for. Um, giving me the absolute go-ahead coming in the spring. Chalk that one up. Put that one on on the whiteboard. We officially are doing a front landscape for Jody coming in the spring. So that that message came through this uh, this past week. Okay, so today's show is going to be us on one side, and then we are pleased to be joined by Mr. Chris Culinary of Culinary Wines. 
we're going to be chatting about what many of you will be doing to A, enjoy the New Year's celebrations, as well as B, to drown out what is left of 2020, and that would be wine. Chris Culinary of the Culinaries, uh, they own Culinary Estate Wines in the Niagara region. If you have not been to this winery, this, in my opinion, and I have been to many, this, in my opinion, is the absolute climax when it comes to wineries in the Niagara region. This is second to none, as well as they have an Amoroso red wine, which you will hear me gush about with with Chris, that I would literally commit illegal acts for. Matthew, that's becoming a repetition thing going on here. Is that a crutch word? Crutch phrase? It could be. It is that good. No. Yes, no. it is that good. Well, Matthew. No, the wine is, but not necessarily the crutch. No, phrase. I wouldn't necessarily, and, or, or the illegal acts. And I'm not talking about, I'm talking about, you know, grand larceny or something, you know. <laughs> well, Matthew, if, if, if we ever get our hands on some, I'll try some with There is you. some on the way for Christmas. Oh, really? Yes. You know, Matt, I'm yeah. not much of a wine drinker. And I've actually, thanks to you, thanks very much to you, Matthew. I had to learn to be able to talk wine. It's amazing, and I said to you off air here: this is you're drinking somebody's art. Like this is, this is somebody's art. Chris will tell you this is. And there's there's an art form to this, and when you are imbibing this, it is someone's art. But let's say outside of the bottle of wine, let's say you received some manner of horticultural Christmas gift over the Christmas holidays or over the Christmas season. The big thing now is, now what? So whether it be a pair of Falcos, okay, which are which are horticultural clippers or secateurs, or whether it be a tropical plant, we would just, just wanted to chat about, now you've got this thing, now what do you do with it? Yes? Sure. Okay, where, where are we starting? So Matt, can we start, start with uh, what we did on Christmas Eve and so forth? Okay. Kind of unique because of COVID. Yeah. So we all had to meet in a park somewhere because of our of my daughter and her husband being frontline workers. Yeah. And we exchanged gifts that way. Whoever would have thought that happened, right? Yeah. And it was interesting because it's sort of, you, <laughs> you sort of, you feel like you're, um, it's like ancient war times where you, where you kind of stand facing each other and the one family drops the presents on the table and then they back up. And then yes. the other family, it's, oh, I mean, come on, right? Come on. This is just not, yeah. Yeah. bring on the vaccine. Yeah. Let's get this over with. No, I want yeah. to get back to some semblance now. of normal. I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. Give it, give me one in both arms, man. Hopefully oh, next, hopefully uh, for next Christmas, we can be back to normal. Sure. Yeah. Agreed. So, so Matt, the, uh, the Christmas stockings, that's kind of a cool thing. Can we start there for a minute? Yeah. So as you know, Matt, Matt, your mom goes to great lengths to put various things in your Christmas stocking. Yeah. Mom, you are a... Stocking mistress, you are a wizardress when it comes to really sorceress, wizardress. I'm not sure if even is wizardress even a word. Yeah, it's a female wizard. Okay, yeah, you are absolutely glorious at it. And there's always there's always socks, uh, deodorant because she's it's you know well, even the ones from Grandma. Remember those, Matt? You stink. What Sorry. the wool socks? Remember those? Oh, okay. Quickly, 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 Mom, tell us the story about the wool socks. The wool socks with your mother. The Quinell socks. Oh, my mom. Yes, my mom used to knit. She's not able to now. She's in her 94th year. She used to hand knit socks for all of us and all of the grandchildren. And I would commit illegal acts for those as well. We would wait with bated breath for these socks to arrive in the package from BC. And then I would put them in the stockings. And for our audience, my father, like once I got to a certain age where I was in men's socks, my dad was like, I will give you $50 for your socks. Oh, they were fantastic. And I was like, no. And he's like, I will give you $100 for your socks. <laughs> there was these, like, negotiations happening. Do you Maybe know what? if I get some downtime, I might try to learn to knit socks. Okay. I got a toe here, Matt. She's been trying, but it never got any any further than a toe. <laughs> yeah. I have a big toe, mind you. This is a toe warmer. A toe warmer. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, Matt, it, what's really cool is back in 1965, approximately... 93 to 95% of all our, all our clothing was made out of plant-based products. Got that? Okay. So today, what percentage of our clothing is still made from plant-based products? 30%. Actually, Matthew, 75% of our clothing what? is made from cotton alone. It's okay. still in the high 80s to okay. low 90s on our clothing being made out of plant-based products. No, no, you just said 75. Oh, sorry. Same of cotton. Of cotton. 
Isn't so that cool? it's still that much. It's still that much. No, Man, like, I would have said polyester would have been way yeah. more. No. And again, even if you tuck that, it's it's an oil-based product. So therefore, it's it's uh, decomposing could be animal or, or right. plant, it's carbon-based. Plant. Sure, yeah, but it's yeah. all based on something decomposing and breaking down, right? Okay, so what does this have to do with you got this for Christmas, now what? Matt, you're a poop. Why? Because you always go off topic. <laughs> it's the truth. Yeah, I do. Uh, so, yeah, kind of a tangent fiend. I know. But yes. Matt, you know what? I was thinking, I, I, mom's talking about stockings hanging by a fire and then automatically, you know how your dad's brain goes. Yeah. He automatically thinks, what were those stockings made uh, of? Okay. So that's the tie-in. That's the tie-in. Gotcha. What we get in our stocking has a, a big, uh, has an actual, a historical basis. You want to tell him, mom? Yeah. The reason why we hang stockings by the fireplace is there's a legend. And again, it's a legend. This would have happened hundreds of years ago. There was a father. He recently was whittled. He was short on money, had three beautiful daughters that he was concerned about not being able to give them a dowry to marry them off. Okay? So this was quite concerning to them. And they were poor. The daughters would take their cotton stockings off every day, wash them, and hang them by the fireplace so they're dry the next day to be worn. They couldn't afford to have extra pairs. So I guess it was close to Christmas. St. Nicholas was going through the village. And he'd heard from the villagers about this family's plight. So he he was very wealthy, too. The real St. Nicholas was quite wealthy. He went down the chimney of their home and dropped gold coins into each of the girls' stockings and then disappeared. And that helped that family out. Hold on a minute. The, the it's Nicholas. a legend, Matt. Okay. It's a legend. Because I was yeah. like, okay, so there's a bunch of... <laughs> Yeah, like, yes, like, no. yeah, right, it's a you, legend. Are harnesses here? Or do you have insurance to go down yeah, the chimney? Yeah, yeah. What if it's lit? It's probably yeah. a legend that goes back 1,500 years. But you know, Matt, as, as a kid, I used to get a lot of fruit and so forth in my stocking. And that goes back as well because there was, a lot of times it was a very expensive thing to get a piece of, say, an orange in your stocking. Yeah. And this was something they didn't see on a regular basis, so they would get those at Christmas. Yep. But then uh, over the years, it has changed, of course. we You get all sorts of things. Like, you know what you get in your stocking. Yep. But mum Underwear. Socks. Underwear. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Underwear. Got to have and, underwear. And of course. Toothbrush. Yes. Toothbrush. Toothbrush so, in uh, the underwear. Lip gloss. <laughs> yeah, <it's> underwear. <laughs> Except when you mum that, when she confuses the things and she puts your... Your sister's underwear in my sock and my yeah, sock, like, my underwear in hers. Oh, well, cool. This is, what's all this floss for? Uh, <laughs> what's, what's this thong doing here, right? <laughs> and, then, and then for the guys, your mom plays a joke on us every year, Matt. She puts nuts in our stock. Yes, she does. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Now, we have to watch that. No, because we, f- we filled our nut joke a, a quota. Nut quota. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, on We're a at our quota show. on that one. Absolutely. So. Okay, so let's see. So you have the stocking. Can we jump into Falco's first? If you want, yeah. Secateurs. Okay, so we had Ryan Amberg of Felco on the show, felco.com. In our opinion, the number one name when it comes to horticultural pruners, clippers, but the proper word would be secateurs. And we had him on the show, God, was it February of 2020? Yeah, I think so. Just before everything. Yeah. Yeah. And so. Let's say that you have a family member that has given you one of these or a pair of these things for for Christmas. First of all, that family member deserves more than a Christmas card of thanks because they have, Very expensive, they right? have gifted you with the best pair of secateurs on the market, bar none. Last a lifetime. A lifetime if they don't get buried in a pile of topsoil, if they don't get put under a pile of mulch or dropped in the back of your pickup truck. That's bed. why they have red handles, so you can see them. Still doesn't matter. It doesn't Lynn. matter. Oh, yeah, yeah it I doesn't know. matter. Yeah. So, one of the things that I always recommend when it comes to these is look, if you've spent, somebody has spent about 100 bucks on these things by the time you throw in shipping and such. So, take them out of the package. Okay, even if you're not going to use them right now, because I understand this is <laughs> this is not the time of the year when you would necessarily be using them, unless you own some manner of fruit orchard and you're probably out pruning in January at some point. Okay, but take them out of the package and get yourself some WD-40 lubricant or wait, something. Wait, wait, wait. Yes. Do you know what they said? What they said? If you're going to gift somebody with something like even Felkels, make sure that you put things with them. That they're going to need to take to care for them, right? So if you're going to give them these Felcos, give them a small little container of the oil they're going to need yeah. to keep them lubricated. Yeah. Now it's not idea. just lubrication of, it's not just lubrication of the actual spring. So on the Felcos, and you'll see GrowingSeasonCanada.com. Click on Show Bits, and you'll see a picture of these things. 
the actual spring, yes, obviously douse that with some oil, but even on the blade. Absolutely. Get some oil on that blade and let that oil permeate in. Even if you've got old motor oil hanging around, anything that's got a petroleum base on it, get those Falcos oiled and put them in a hopefully cool, dark, dry, away from moisture spot over the winter. Okay. If you take care of these things, as as Yoda yes. said, this is a lifetime investment. Sure. And Matt, they were also talking about this year was big. They were putting a lot of various seeds from around the world so people could try different things in their garden come next season. Now, this is an interesting... Okay. We frequent a lot of Facebook gardening groups, okay? Whether it be Ontario Gardeners, Garden Ontario, Canadian Gardening. Uh, we we are on uh, the Tottenham Community Garden, the Thornhill Horticultural Society. Actually, in fact, we have a a presentation, a um, workshop with the, with the Thornhill Horticultural Society coming up at the end of January, which is going to be so much fun. I can't wait. But um, what was I? Where the heck was I? You were talking, still talking about... Okay, I moved on to seeds around okay, the world. Okay, yes, perfect. Thank you. So is it just me or has the growing things from seed thing exploded in popularity? Like I see more questions about that on Ontario Gardeners, on these Facebook groups. It feels to me like people are increasingly getting little heating benches and little like illuminated areas in their, whether it be the mudroom or whatever in the, in their house. And they're starting their stuff from, from seed. You, you know, know what? Sorry. You know what, Matt? I'm 67 years old. And you look not a day over 22. Oh, no, no, no. But what I'm trying to say is I'm not a child. But when I plant a seed and I see it sprout, it still thrills me. I, I agree. It just, to me, it feels like this is by far and away becoming more and more popular. Now, on our end, we do this on a professional level. So it's really, we don't have the time to be waiting for things to come up from seed. Okay. Now, granted, I did do a lot of commercial seed stuff, like seed for sale, like in nurseries. You did all the annuals, All right? the annuals. But that was on a large, large scale. This is homeowners growing their portulaca, their impatience, their whatever from seed for their gardens. This is, it's to me, it feels like a brand new thing. Doesn't uh, Julia DeMacco have all a, of it? Have a uh, she got a whole seeding, like a whole regimen on her yeah. app. She could have an app for that, right? Yeah, on yeah, yeah. JuliaDemacos.com. If you're interested in taking some of these seeds that you may have received in your Christmas stocking and you're interested to know how to make these things grow, JuliaDemacos.com. She has all kinds of information on growing things from seed. And again, we here at the growing season are not too proud to be like, this is not really our area. This is the person to go to, right, guys? Julia sure, no, is no, the no, person no. to go oh, yeah. to. We really weakness on on actually. I vegetables. wouldn't say weakness. We just haven't spent much time with it because we are focusing on other on a, things. On a ton of things. She's yeah. got terrific advice. Oh, she's just the most wonderful. The, woman. the worst. The first time she talked, I remember her saying, "When you're watering your tomatoes, do not water the leaves." So this summer, that's what I did. I made sure I did not water the leaves. All the black spot and things like that, Matt, disappeared. Disappeared. Oh, yeah. She's such a she's a she's a font of information. Okay, so, so seeds from from around the world are a big deal. This yes, year. and then also teas. People putting teas in stockings and so forth. Really? So, yeah. So all different kinds of teas and uh, everything from ginger to chamomile, hibiscus, that kind of thing. So let's say that you have received a package of seeds for Christmas or in your stocking. Yes. What do you do with this? How do you keep this until it's ready to go? Now, granted, in some cases, January February is when you would begin getting the stuff ready to rock, right? Sure, and well, they said to keep it in a dry place, yep. no light, that kind of idea, very little humidity. Yeah, but they were saying that if be aware of the person that you are getting the seeds for. Do they do organic gardening? Therefore, Why? you should be using heirlooms. Okay, what? That's what they said, Matthew. Heirlooms. I would imagine it has to do with how the seeds are so you're dried and about processed. Taking your grandmother's heirloom chandelier thing and putting it in topsoil, hoping no. it grows another chandelier. <laughs> no, what's an heirloom? To- an heirloom is the, the old uh, tomatoes, vegetables, whatever you can think of that are uh, um, from the from the past, Matthew. Okay. And we're using them today more. They're, they're starting to pop up in all our, our vegetables. Okay. But it's kind of cool. And again, getting back to tea, Matthew, are there any of these uh, various herbal teas that you like? Um, 
Okay, so the sleepy time one's nice. I don't think that it necessarily works like they say it does. I love chamomile. Chamomile's a good one. Peppermint. I like peppermint tea. If I have an upset stomach or something, yes, peppermint seems to work. I, I actually like black currant. I don't think I've ever had black currant tea. Well, we were, I was at a client's place or a customer's place once, and she um, made up some black currant for me and sent me some home with me. I sent some home with me at the time, and they were actually very good, Matt. I got to tell you, there is something to – have you guys ever had like a proper – British cup of tea. Oh my word. Like where the cup is properly heated, the water yes. is boiled to the proper yes. temperature, yeah. the tea is steeped for the proper amount of time. There that all that stuff matters. Oh yes. Sure. Oh, In yes, your cup of does. tea. Like it legitimately yeah. matters. Yeah. Like it, if you have it proper, man, there's nothing like that. No. But Mac, can we move on to gifting of plants for the yes. moment? Yes. Yes. Now, dangerous thing to do this. Because if you're giving this to a person that's got a black thumb, <laughs> yes, <laughs> right. And even with that, Matt, they they recommend that you would give them whatever they're going to need to take care of these plants. So they said that if you in that stocking again, put a little bit of plant fertilizer in that stocking so that you have the various things for these plants. Give them the things that they're going to require in order to take care of these plants. And that's what they're saying, Matthew. And I, I agree with that 100. percent If there was, so let's say there there wasn't fertilizer provided, what do you recommend, Yoda? So, Matt, I would recommend something like 20, 20, 20. And all oh, purpose. really? Yeah, just a balance. Numbers across the board. Just right across the board. Okay. And, and here's a big one, uh, audience, listeners. Remember that plants in the wintertime are basically sleeping. Okay, they're in... They're in and even the, tropicals. All tropicals. They still think they're outside. So they're inside your home. They don't realize it. So they don't need a lot of care and maintenance. And that including... That includes fertilizer. So go easy on the fertilizer. Okay. But Matt, can we hit, say, cyclamen persicum for a minute? Yes. Oh, there's a Latin word. Yep, there it is. Thank you for that, Dad. Go for it. So Matt, cyclamen persicum is something you see that would show up in uh, the stores this time around Christmas. Yep. And it's kind of cool. It, it would have the, the blooms are roughly, say, 12, one half to one, three quarters of an inch above the actual leaves themselves. And they're on the spotted side. And they come in many colors and every, everything you can think of. And they're out basically, they're native to, you say, the Europe and the Mediterranean basin, say, east to Iran, okay? Doesn't these, don't these things look like a dog hanging its head out of the window and the ears are flapping yes. back? Yes, yeah, the, the <laughs> pedals are pushed back. Yeah. Here's, yeah. A, here's a big question. Dog's like, I'm driving, I'm driving! <laughs> but here's a question for you. What are they considered? It's a, it's a dog hanging out the Not the, the dog, <laughs> the cyclamen. What are they considered? Uh, an air plant? Mom, what do you got? They are a tuberous perennial. And what's a tuber? It's an underground root system. And it has eyes. Right. Okay. A tuber. It's a, it's no, a tuber. It's a modified root system. It's a modified right. root system. Because most mean root systems are underground. So just does wait. that mean it's related to the potato? Uh, yes, it would be. Yeah, it's, the, it's the potato's cousin. It's the one that has the head <laughs> hanging up the side of the window with the ears flapping back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Right? Oh, yes. Right? Potatoes have eyes, cyclamen have ears. Yes. No. Yes. No. Look at them. It looks like, mom, doesn't it? looks like I'm drinking too much a wine. A beagle or a basset hound with the with ears. big, long ears. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, totally. yeah. So, Matt, they can be moderately toxic, okay? Uh, they have the same as the poinsettia where you have to eat 700 no. leaves and then you're going to get diarrhea. But they do have something <laughs> called tarponoid saponoids, okay? All right. That's not good. And no, it's not good. It's it, they call it a purgative reaction. You know what that means? Right? Oh, that's a, isn't that isn't that sorry? Isn't, isn't that purgative? Purgative. Yes. Reaction makes you barf. Yeah. Makes you puke. Yeah. So that's not plant. necessarily a bad thing if some somebody actually accidentally. Speaking of eats. New Year's and puking, and, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you didn't even eat yeah, the plant. You didn't eat the cyclamen, and that, what what happened? Yeah. So Matt, a really super easy one to grow that people are are gifting, and especially if you've already got them for Christmas, yeah. is what, Mom? Snake. Plant, Snake which plant. is yep. Sansevieria trifasciata. Ooh, Ooh, give that woman yeah, a, a candy girl. Cane. Cool, okay. All right. Snake plant. What does this have to do with boa constrictors? Nothing. <laughs> but Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> what's it really interesting about snake plant? It grows anywhere from, say, six inches tall yeah. to eight feet tall. This is your classic tropical. It is. Come Matthew. on. This has got to be this one and Shiflura. Are probably your your two big ones, right? Sure. Everybody has a shiflora. And snake plant is a survivor. It's a plant I can't kill. Yes. Not that I want. You don't to. have a snake plant in the house. No, we don't. Oh, we we have one. We, we have one. We still have one. Did in you a... kill it? No, it's still no, alive. It's still alive. It's the year <laughs> old. I thought you were going to say, yeah. By the way, I killed it. No. Okay. Actually, I'm going to transplant it. 
But, Maddie, you can get these in basically any size you want. You can get the shorter varieties, which are called blackjack. And then you can get some of the more medium-sized ones, which are called robusta, right? Black robusta. So you can either have yellow or green, or you can have green and silver or whatever. But the idea is that they are so easy to take care of, Matthew. They're one of the no-brainers when it comes to any sort of plants. But, Matt, here's really a cool thing. At night, they do something else that very few other plants will do. Yep. What is it? Create oxygen. They create oxygen and they purify the air. They, so they recommend like one per room, don't they? Yes. Yes, you want to have one. It, it, it's almost like a natural HEPA filter. Yeah. As well as it creates oxygen overnight. There are some studies I've heard, and again, this, this could be wrong, that you actually sleep better with a tropical plant in your room. Yeah. Yes. Simply because yeah. of the increased oxygen. But they also absorb toxins through their leaves. So they're excellent for there if you want to have your room without going and using some sort of uh, elaborate system to purify the air. These snake plants will do that for you. Wonderful. That's a perfect place to make our exit. On the other side, Christopher Culinary of Culinary Wines joins us. An absolutely wonderful chat. We're going to talk about the season that was 2020. We're going to chat about, to quote Jurassic Park, we got all the problems of a zoo and a theme park rolled into one. This is a farm. This is a... This is an event place because it's this is a winery. And we talk about grapes. And my dad's going to get to ask a wine expert all about grapes. And Chris shall indulge. She's Lynn. He's Jack. I'm Matt. On the other side, Chris Culinary of Culinary Wines. Happy New Year. This is the growing season right here on News Talk, Saga 960 AM. Follow along, growingseasoncanada.com. Click on show bits. That's the visual accompaniment to the show. Dad, mom, we were hunting for the best guest to get on for New Year's. And especially with this being 2020, everybody would like to imbibe this year away. And we thought, who better to to like uh, get on than to have the the owner operator or one of the owners operators of the best winery in, I will say this, all of Canada, having the best bottle of red wine that I have ever tasted. Chris Culinary of Culinary Wines joins us. Chris, how are you, my man? Buddy, it's uh, so nice to talk to you again, and, and you're making me blush here. You, you can't see me, but I'm uh, I'm redder than a tomato right now. <laughs> Thank and, you very much for that introduction. And, but and for an Italian, <laughs> to be redder than an Italian, Italian, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. No, Chris, li- honestly, legitimately, I remember, I think I was chatting with either Marco Estrada. Yes, it was Marco Estrada, formerly of the Blue Jays, and I was, I was interviewing him, and he's really into red wine. And I said, Marco, man... You, if you're ever in Canada again, you have got to go up to Niagara. There's this winery owned by this crazy guy named named Chris, okay? And there is a bottle of wine there that you would literally do illegal things <laughs> to, to get your hands Matt, on. that is becoming way much of a, a Dad, you have not phrase. had... Okay. You have not had the Amoroso. This thing is, it is legitimately, Chris, you know my love of this wine. I might yes, sell one of my children for a bottle of this. Oh, right. Oh, no. and, you've, and you've never shared it with your father. What the heck? Okay, so he's actually a non-drinker, but my mom, oh, okay. yes, but my mom is, and again, Christmas Eve, we're going to be opening up a But I still, I still have, it's had, if it has grapes in it, I still like the juice portion of it. Right, it's, <laughs> just, oh, it's just everything else. Can you pull the alcohol out of it? So okay. the, wait a minute, wait a minute, Matt. The oh. horticultural side of me. Yeah. So uh, Chris, right? Is it? Yes, it's yes. Chris. Mr. Okay. Christopher. Christopher. Yes. So what is a grape? Is it considered a berry or a plum? 
It's uh, now you might correct me on this one, but I, I, we always refer to them as berries. But uh, I don't. I believe that's wrong. That is absolutely one hundred percent correct. It's a berry. Oh, okay. Chris is okay. One nothing, Chris. Uh, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> no, he was correct. That's, that's awesome. Berry. And that's can you define good. a berry, Matthew? A berry is a. It is a uh, a seed wrapped in some sort of a uh, fleshy tissue, fruit. Fleshy fruit. Yes. You got it. A yeah. single ovary. A single Sing- ovary. Yes. Yes. A With a mom. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank there's, you. There's a lot of those trick questions out there, so I felt like I was walking into one right yeah, off the bat. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, this is your first landmine of of many. So, <laughs> yes. so Chris, w- with this year being what this year was, with it being hist- historical, uh, we actually recently chatted with a woman that owns a, a boutique spice shop in Toronto, and she said okay. that that business was absolutely nuts because people were staying home. And they were cooking more. So uh, my thoughts turn to you and you owning the greatest winery in all of Canada, says, says, (laughs) says me, uh, how, how did COVID affect you guys? Uh, It it was honestly a whirlwind uh, of of what happened. Um, Not something we would ever expect, like imagine writing a business plan and, and, you know, yeah, in 10 years, this is what you're going to have to deal with. No, Um, we, we basically revamped everything. Uh, And so we, right off the bat, when things kind of got crazy, I think it was in March, uh, we shut right down everything from tastings to retail. We were just doing curbside and and deliveries and, and deliveries got crazy for um, that exact reason that uh, your spice person was saying uh, is that people were staying home. And we were getting a lot of phone calls saying, yeah, I've got this old bottle of yours. Uh, is it still good? And so people were just reaching deep into their <laughs> cellars. And I'm like, wow, good. things, things are really that bad. <laughs> but what else do you do when you're in lockdown? You just drink. Yeah, you drink. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So all we were doing was was just constantly packing orders, which was great. And, and honestly, that was a huge thing. Um, having said that, though, you know, this is this is March, April, and that's about the time we start to gear up to the June, July, August time, right? Um, so you're starting to feel those effects, even if those those orders are coming in, you start to feel those effects as summer rolls around. You're just not dealing with the same quantity of people rolling through. So that that was a little hard because we didn't know, there was no end game. Like it wasn't, hey, we're going to do this for four weeks and then we're going to go back to the way things were. We didn't have that. Um, having said that, you know, your, your expenses go way down. Um, but, uh, it, it was just wild. And then, then we were allowed to slowly open up, but we were not allowed to do like Matt's been to the tasting bar on a busy Saturday and he sees how, how busy it gets. We just weren't allowed to, to do that anymore. So everything changed on the front end of now it's by appointment, uh, maximum of four people at a time, all is seated. Um, it, it's, we, it, we would basically do on, uh, in this format now, on a Saturday, we would do 30 tastings in the whole day. On the previous format, we would do like 30 tastings in 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah. It's, wow. it's wow. wild. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it, the, the upside to that is, uh, because I always think there's, there's a silver lining in everything that, that happens, right? And the upside to that is, number one, you got to shut down your business and make every change you've ever wanted to make since conception all at once because it's not going on the fly. And number two, you get a chance to to really look at things and say, hey, what uh, what are we going to do moving forward? Um, and how can we improve the customer experience? So now the the experience is way better on the front end because it's more personalized and it's very one on one. And and so your 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 customer feeling is better. But at the same time, yes, your your sales just plummet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so. So, Chris, on our end, like on the construction side of things when it comes to landscaping, and it's funny because I, I was involved in landscaping for years and years. That was a family business. My my dad's been involved in this since the mid-70s. And so I actually – this was the year that I got back involved in some construction, and it was nuts. It was crazy. Yeah. It was it was booming. And you would have thought – I would have thought that, that people – would have been holding on to their money and there wouldn't be any of this sort of a renovation type stuff happening. And I was completely wrong. People were taking the money that they would have spent on vacations or cruises or whatever, and they poured it into either renovations or landscaping. I have friends in, in, in the pool industry and their business was up 80%. Yeah. Isn't that wild? Like 80%. And so... On your end, would you say sales were up? Like, would you have sold more wine this year than you would say in the previous year? 
No, I mean, uh, overall sales uh, are down. Um, it, um, as a number, without diving into it, overall sales numbers are down because you're not you're just not dealing with the same number of people. Right. From that, though, your online stuff is up. Right. Your average sale is up. Um, things like that have gone way up because it's different forms of selling. The reason your overall sales go down is now your restaurants have basically taken a nosedive. Right. Um, basically no Toronto restaurants are <laughs> very, very few of them are reordering cause it's, you know, you're, you're struggling for restaurants and your overall retail, you can't take as many people. So you're not selling as much wine. Right. Um, ha- having said that the average goes up, you know, average per, per transaction goes up, but the overall number just takes a nosedive. So in certain areas, yes, it has gone up and this might be a good way for us to, you know, and continue the online side of things. Um, but the overall number until we can take more people, which doesn't look like it's happening in, in the near future, um, is just going down. That's all. But you know what, Chris, a lot, at this time of the year, there's a lot of nervous turkeys out there. They, what did they say? 22 million turkeys or something are sold. Oh, is that really? Is that, yeah. is that the number? Oh, at Christmas, yeah. And a lot of them wow. are disguising themselves as sheep. But, <laughs> you know, but, but you, were, you were saying that the, this, because of the sales and, and so forth in, in restaurants and so forth. So I'm just curious, what kind of um, number of bottles and so forth would you, would you normally be selling year to year out of your, out of your, out of your uh, winery? Winery. So we're we're um, we're a little bit of a, a an interesting situation because we're a small place. Um, so most of our sales come straight out of the the winery door, like with people walking through the winery. Uh, bigger wineries will do bigger numbers in other avenues. Yeah, but they're not um, as good it, as yours. Well, thank you. <laughs> <You're not. laughs> but it's, you got to try it, Matt. I'm going to go up with different. You, <gasps> you got to see this place, man. It's there. We go. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead, sorry, Chris. But, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's tough to 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 say okay, you know what, uh, you know the, these people are are being affected. Like with us, we only do about ten thousand cases of wine a year, which okay. is only uh, one hundred twenty thousand bottles. Uh, where big wineries will do over one hundred hundred thousand cases easily, wow. um, and they're going to places like banquet halls and places like tons of restaurants, LCBO. So LCBO, they, those sales wouldn't have uh, wouldn't have sacrificed too much. But like, think of all the banquet halls and things wow. like that, yes. and, yeah. and and all these bus tours that a lot of these big wineries yeah. are doing. Um, it just plummets. You know what I mean? Okay, but then Chris, so this and and you opened the door to this. So why did you guys never? And maybe you have since since we last chatted, but why haven't you partnered with the LCBO? I think I know the answer, but I would love to know on your end why. Yeah, the, the LCBO is is a great distribution method for large wineries. Um, they, the uh, pricing model that they follow is, is very difficult for small wineries because they're taking upwards of 60% of a bottle. Gotcha. Um, yeah, that's six zero, not sixteen. Yeah. Six zero. Wow. Um, and so, for a small winery like us, you know, if we sold a twenty dollar bottle of wine, you're you're taking eight bucks, you're selling it to them for eight bucks. So it's it's very hard to for us to say, okay, we can make a bottle of wine for eight bucks. We can't. Right. Um, that includes everything: packaging, making the wine, all that sort of stuff, right? So big wineries will say, okay, well, we're going to move a hundred thousand cases through the LCBO. They'll make fifty cents to a dollar on a bottle, and you know, they're fine. Where us, we're saying we can't afford to do it, so it would just be basically a loss leader. So we said, let's just back out of the LCBO. Because for me, I I never, my first thought was that this is in essence George Lucas throwing the middle finger up to the other studios and saying, I'm going to do this myself so that I have complete control. That's kind of why I perceived you guys never uh, having gone through LCBO only because like when you drink a bottle of your wine, this is a completely different experience than somebody else's bottle of wine. Well, and, and that's the, the, the definite thing. Like there's, there's not, we're not the only ones that, that have actually the, the biggest to, to, uh, to speak to that point about George Lucas, uh, look up Magnata winery. Yeah. That's basically what yeah. they did. Yeah. Um, and that, that was wicked. <laughs> yeah. I loved it. Um, and, uh, but there's a bunch of small wineries that'll do it very similar to us. But uh, are, you're you're sort of right in the fact of saying that you know it's a different experience. Like we don't want our wine just to sit on a shelf. No, our wine tells a story, and we want to tell that story. And so we we thrive on people coming in and we're face to face interaction. That's that's what we wanted. You know what I mean? Um, to be an LCBO winery is just like hey, let's move wine. That's pretty much it. Um, but yeah, we're we're one that. You come in, we talk to you, we tell the story, we talk to you right from vine to wine, what goes into it and going from there. 
culinarywines.com for our audience is the uh, is the website and Chris is literally not blowing smoke up your patoot. You if you are even Okay, I'll tell you a quick story and then dad and mom are, are you know hopping up and down here to, to ask questions. <laughs> we brought I brought somebody up to to culinary wines that was not a wine drinker. Okay, she was uh, I'm not sure if you remember it, Chris. Uh Anime came came with us. Uh, yes, so yes. It was a friend yeah. of Michelle Higgins. <clears throat> so not not a wine drinker. And or she was a whatever. She was a moderate wine drinker. Okay. And so what's a she moderate liked a very wine specific drinker. set of wines? Yeah, like she like she liked a very, very specific set of wines yeah. and she was not a frequent wine drinker. She left with multiple bottles of wine. And I remember her saying they they went on a camping trip soon afterwards, and she said, I have never enjoyed a bottle of wine so much as this stuff. So again for our audience, Wicked. we are not in any way sponsored by by <laughs> by culinary wines. Okay. Again, if if there is an option there, we can we can chat about that. But <laughs> we like we are not sponsored by them. I am I am legitimately telling you the whole experience. The actual winery itself, it looks like some Italian, I don't even know how to describe it. What is this thing? Like what, Chris, how would you describe the actual appearance of your, of your, of your wine? Uh, the appearance, kind of like walking down the street in Italy. That's kind of yeah. how we modeled it. Yeah. Actually, Chris, I looked your winery up online. It looks absolutely beautiful. Oh, it's, mom, thank you. Everything. Thank you. And then just everything from the, the actual ambience of the winery and then when you get to the tasting bar the staff are wonderful chris is chris is dead sexy so for our single ladies oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You're being a matchmaker now I it's just yeah, yeah. yeah he's got like there's they, they have this like cordoned off area like you can't get too close to chris because he's just that attractive. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right dad you have a question like, well yeah. this is actually more what the heck is going on here Okay, so you, you have your, your wine ta- – uh, you're talking about doing wine tasting, right? And when you mm-hmm. have these guys that come out and they do the, all the, the wine testing and, and what, they, what they do after they, they put it in their mouths and swish it around a few times, they spit it out. What the heck is that all about? That doesn't exist in the Italian culture. No. They don't want to waste wine. <laughs> no, I've been to, <laughs> I've been to culinary. That you're they don't waste wine. You're not spitting anything out. That does not happen at all. No. No, it's – so you, you got to uh, – you basically there's a lot of um, – Wine writers, sommeliers, a lot of these, uh, you know, people that get really into wine and, and sometimes they'll go f- to, you know, a number of places and they'll taste a bunch of wine. Like judges will go through sometimes like 50, 60, 100 wines and so they'll spit it out basically so they don't, basically don't keel over. Right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so Chris, if that was the case, like if they weren't spitting it out, you would hope to be some of the wine that they're tasting towards the end of the day. So if your wine's awful, you're like, this thing tastes great. It's <laughs> <is> fantastic. <laughs> and honestly, I've, I've done those, those tastings where, where these guys that come in and they, their, their itinerary is filled with like 20 wineries and they're just like, boom, 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 boom. And I'm like, I haven't even gotten a chance to talk to you. Like, yeah. relax. You know, and you, you know our vibe. It's about yeah. enjoying, relaxing, yeah. right? Yeah. So then they'll, they'll basically go and they'll, they'll swish it around and they'll spit it out. So they still technically get the taste of the wine. For me, I, you know, swallowing it, it's a lot about the finish and a lot about what happens after the wine goes down that is a big part of it too. So I think you lose a little bit of that. Um, but I, like I said, Italians, we don't believe in these sorts of things. It doesn't happen. Okay. Why yes. <laughs> waste a good wine, eh? Oh, yeah. Right? Absolutely. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So Chris, um, we could just, again, we could do small talk for three hours with you. Because of course. Because you're, you, you're just so wonderful. But okay. So, um, we're going to split this chat up into two parts because, again, we, we haven't even touched on wine here, and it's 16 minutes in, okay? But, oh, jeez. Okay. <laughs> I, that's what I'm saying. So if we're going to get a little bit of wine chat in here, I have to ask you about the the grapes or the specifics when it comes to your Amoroso. Like, sure, ha- sure. Just Okay. Again, for our audience, if you have $65 in your pocket that you'd like to spend on wine, this is... This is the one. Before we jump into the Amoroso, there's a word that that you guys use when it comes to your winery, and it's not F and ends in Angula, but <laughs> oh, okay. Now, now. <laughs> okay. Um, that one sometimes gets used too, though. Yeah, I, I have I have no doubt. Uh, you guys use this word apassamento. What does this mean, and why are you guys so unique for using this? 
Yeah, yeah. No, it's um, so with a lot of our wines, um, Niagara, we're, we're sometimes blessed and sometimes cursed. I guess is a good way to put it with uh, with the growing season and how we get it. So sometimes we get a, a growing season that's you know hot, dry. Sometimes we don't. And basically, this apasamento is kind of just putting a, a one card into our back pocket in order for consistency. So basically what we're doing is we are taking the grapes and hand harvesting them into these almost look like baker's racks. Uh, They're all perforated, one layer of grapes. We stack the crates and dehydrate the grape. Essentially, you're you're concentrating everything. You make it in a lot more, uh, you know, your juices are concentrated, your sugars are concentrated, your flavors are concentrated, uh, and it makes ends up making a flavorful, more bold, more intensified wine, not necessarily sweeter because we can control the, the fermentation, but it ends up just making things that are a little bit bolder, a little bit more intense in an area that isn't known for producing wines of that nature. We do it as a small winery. Big wineries won't bother because of the amount of loss associated with it. You're, you're talking at least 20 to 30% loss uh, in your yield. But for us, we would rather take the quality associated with that rather than the extra 20 to 30 percent quantity so is that like withering they do is that what you're doing basically like with tea that's exactly uh withering is the exact translation of the word apasamento wither okay that's one for dad one for chris one for dad okay that's okay so then this 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 amoroso and again i cannot stress enough this is this is the one ladies and gentlemen uh, as far as grape, what are you using? Why is this grape special? What is this thing? I know that you said that there's one in there, n- not the Amarosa, but there's one grape that is just wickedly temperamental and just it like it it's it it spits at you as you walk by on the vine. It's just horrendous to deal with. Yeah. There, so um, so to to speak to the first point, the Cab Sauve is what we use for the Amarosa. Cabernet Sauvignon is what we use for the Amarosa. Um, it generally makes a bold wine in the first place so we we then dry it and dry it as long uh, longer than the rest to to make the amoroso um the the reason we you're you're getting the vibe of a of an, an amarone style wine so an amarone is basically your your big bold wine that that they make in northern italy and our cab sauvin niagara seems to be the one that kind of gives us that enough that power although our merlot really does does get up there too but the, the capsule really uh, uh, really gives us that power. So the Amoroso was made just strictly with Cabernet Sauvignon that we dry all of the grapes to make. Um, to speak to your other point about the vineyard and, and what kind of <laughs> is annoying to deal with, uh, Pinot in general, Pinot Noir, Pinot Gris, Pinot in general, they are a class of grape that <laughs> are, are a little bit of a pain to, uh, to grow. Uh, not necessarily because of the growing season, because actually Pinot really enjoys our growing season. Um, it's just they're so tight, they're so thin-skinned, and, and the bunches are so tight that you're always getting a little bit of rot. And, and on wet years, it's a pain in the butt to, to grow them. On the flip side, Syrah, uh, or Shiraz, a lot of times people know more Shiraz than Syrah, but Syrah um, doesn't like cold. It really doesn't. So, uh, so we tend to even wrap it in the winter and stuff like that because it just does not like cold. Um, so though between those two, uh, or those three even, uh, it does to keep us a little bit occupied in the vineyard. <laughs> so then, Chris, okay, just one more little question on the Amoroso. Sure. Why does it taste like it's, it's, it's chocolatey? It's like it's, mm-hmm. why does it taste so damn good? Oh, yum, wine and chocolate. <laughs> yum. Just, yeah, is- absolutely, right? Um, so a lot of it has to do with the grape itself. Uh, and I'm sure we'll get back to this when we're when we're talking horticultural stuff. But a lot of it has to do with the grape itself, uh, the vine, the grape, uh, the soil it's grown in. And then once you're processing it, you know, the yeast that gets used, the the barrels you're using, uh, a lot of that. So the 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 reason the Amoroso, because we could very easily even after a passamento goes great, the grapes are great. We could come bring it in here and still screw up. Because, you know, how long are you leaving it in barrel? What yeast are you using? How long are you leaving it on the skins? There's so many variables to that. Um, the smoothness is coming from the length of time no, that we are no, leaving it in no, barrel. No, no, no. The smoothness is coming from you, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Jeez. Uh, Matt, Matt. Chris, Matt. I have a question about uh, the geography of where your winery is. Niagara yeah. is at 41 to 44 degrees 
latitude north, the same as California, Spain, Oregon, Italy, Italy, southern France. Is you, that really? Yeah. Yes. Is that yeah. the sweet yeah. spot for for growing grapes for for making wine? Um, I, I, it's one of, I would say. I don't think you can you can generalize it into saying it's just the, the strictly the latitude. Um, because I mean, if you go across, there's all kinds of places that don't grow grapes. There's, there's a multitude of, of things that, that go into it. Uh, one of the biggest things here is our lovely escarpment and the Lake Ontario. Those two yeah, factors they coming moderate, together. They moderate the weather. Very much so. Um, and even where we are, you, you, you say Niagara, but in, in, in general, like it's Niagara is split up into so many little microclimates. It's actually incredible. Like where we are is very different than, uh, 10 minutes or 15 minutes down into Niagara Lake. Um, and, and even on the lake shore is totally different than where we are. Um, so it is amazing to see the amount of different um, geological features. Um, like we're closer up on the escarpment. We're actually one of the, the warmest um, uh, areas in the winter and one of the, uh, the most airflow that we, um, that we get because we're just right on that escarpment. And so the airflow really comes right off of it. Uh, our, uh, our soil even is, is totally different than in the plain of Niagara and the Lake. Uh, we got a really, really rich clay soil that, that does super, super well for the vines. Um, whereas you go, you know, five, 10 minutes down the road and they're on a sandy loam. And as soon as you get in, you know, closer to the lakeshore, it's definitely that sandy uh, soil that they've got. So it is completely different to, in different areas that you go in Niagara. That's it. Mom, Dad, first time chatting with Chris. What do you think? Matthew, I, I didn't know wine, but I do know, know wine somewhat now. Yeah. Mom? Yeah, very enjoyable and very informative. Unbelievable. So one of the reasons why I wanted to have Chris on is I had a chance to, to chat with him when I was doing Drinks on Us on News Talk Saga 960 AM. And we got to know each other as well as when you have someone that is just so easy and warm to talk to at the tasting bar, he's just fantastic. He, that wine would essentially sell itself because of someone like Chris. Imagine that guy guiding you through a tasting. Oh, yes. Yes. Just fantastic. Right? There's a big smile on the Irish face here. <laughs> no, no. Are you going to try some wine if we go? To I will try some wine. How's that? I have purchased a bottle of the Amoroso. For New Year's Eve for us, okay? And we're gonna and we're gonna have some. It's absolutely, absolutely wonderful. Okay. GrowingSeasonCanada.com, click on show bits. That's the visual accompaniment to the show. You are gonna want to use that for this one on the podcast side of things because we talk about a ton of different things. Also, too, if you're getting your if you're getting thoughts or turning towards spring, GrowingSeasonCanada.com, click on TGS Tiny Gardens or contact. Both of them take you directly to me. Visit culinarywines.com that is the place for everything to do with culinary wines okay so we're going to do the last joke here of 2020 and then we're going to next year we're going to start anew guys apparently cold is coming we're going to be getting yes. some, some cold and I was told that the dogs are using jumper cables on the rabbits to keep them running <laughs> <laughs> it's so cold they're using jumper cables <laughs> mom till next time have a good one and happy new year Listeners, Happy New Year. Jack out. If you miss any part of our show today or any of our earlier broadcasts, don't panic. Just log on to our website at www.saga960am.ca backslash podcasts and look for and stream our podcasts of this show and any of our other great programs.